Forex Fridays, only on Money FM 89.3. And we are coming to the tail end of a rather busy week with key GDP releases from both Singapore and China in uh, the last couple of days. And of course, we also have to track the ongoing and pesky resurgence of COVID-19 infections across the region and in other parts of the world where it's starting to rear its ugly head, at least the Delta variant of the coronavirus. Today on Forex Fridays, we're joined once again by Mr. Han Tan, Chief Market Analyst for uh, Xfinity, who joins us all the way from Kuala Lumpur to help us assess the week that was and how this might set things up for the week ahead. Han, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are still in good health and safe during these uncertain times. Welcome back to the show, sir. Happy Friday and hope you're holding on up there in Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, well, thanks for having me back on again. I'm uh, looking forward to my second jab tomorrow. So, yeah, things are hopefully looking up. Absolutely, and and congratulations on getting that second jab, I guess. You know, as we mentioned, Han, this was a very busy week for markets, especially macro watchers, macroeconomic watchers. Uh, We start off first with China's GDP figures that actually showed signs of slight cooling. Now, 7.9%, I think anybody would actually die for that particular kind of GDP print, but that actually came in below estimates. Um, the question now is how this might impact the Chinese yuan. When we look at the chart of the yuan since mid-June, it's actually crossed above that 6.4 level against the U.S. dollar, and you might argue that it's the most significant bout of weakness for the renminbi this year. You take into account the giant GDP print, these signs of slight cooling, the PBOC's recent move, and these patterns for the renminbi, how is this impacting uh, your read on the Chinese yuan, and will this weakness we've seen over the last four weeks, will this continue for the rest of the year? Yeah. Um, so the short answer is uh, not so much. Uh, if you look at how markets are positioned, uh, they appear to be actually slightly less bearish on the yuan, uh, judging by the 25 delta risk reversals for the uh, outlook for the next three months, right? Now, on the other hand, uh, you know, I, I, I'm also part of this uh, Reuters poll of analysts, and the latest poll from a couple of days ago shows that uh, analysts, uh, are less bullish on the yuan. So it really speaks to uh, similar to the uh, trends that we're seeing for the hard uh, Chinese economic data. It speaks to the moderating outlook for the currency. right? Because on one hand, from the fundamental perspective, uh, the, I mean, yeah, despite the slightly lower than expected GDP print, uh, the hard data still uh, appears robust. Right? Looking at the industrial production figures, uh, retail sales, etc., and of course the uh, uh, the trade surplus is still going strong. Uh, but then on the other hand, there is this growing sense uh, because of the surprise move from last week out of the uh, central bank. Uh, if China's policy stance actually tilts towards a more accommodative bias. Uh, to support China's growth momentum and uh, keeping in mind uh, this set again against the context of uh, potentially more tightening for other major central banks. So, you know, if we see more of that divergence, uh, that could actually eat away at the yuan's potential for upside. So I think all that said, um, you know, I I think for the rest of the year, really, it'll be more of a dollar story, especially as the Fed's uh, tapering talk grows louder. Um, you know, but right now we are seeing dollar yen uh, pretty much adhering to that mid to upper 640s range, uh, same range that it, it, it adhered to um, in the first couple of months this year. All right, let's stick with that your point there on the U.S. dollar because uh, apart from recent strengths from the greenback, Han, you did mention it correctly. It is a currency to watch. It always is a currency to watch after we look at the forex space. We also saw a bit of a flight to safe havens in the last couple of weeks, and one of the key key, key benefactors that was 
was the Japanese yen, and especially against the greenback, it seemed rather firm. Um, will a continued flight to safe havens perhaps continue the FX space? And I guess we're trying to figure out if there is a growing appetite or a growing sense of uncertainty in the markets that's causing this flight to safe havens. And will this mean these safe haven currencies like the yen will continue to rise, or will continue to flex at least? Uh, what are your thoughts there, Han? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the safe haven play has got more legs. Uh, and it's not just the Japanese yen. You look even at the Swiss franc. Uh, both of these uh, safe haven plays have uh, gained against all of its G10 peers so far this month uh, and also um, Asian currencies uh, as well, right? So, of course, if you look at um, broader markets, uh, global investors are, of course, having to digest uh, you know, these growing concerns and uh, you know whether the optimism surrounding the global economic recovery that has run too far ahead, especially considering the spread of the Delta variant, right? Um, so we are seeing some pairing of risk in uh, other asset classes. You see that in global equities, uh, treasury yields are dipping as well. Um, you know, I, I think with that said, going back to your point about the yen specifically and uh, specifically the dollar yen cross, um, I wouldn't be surprised if dollar yen uh, breaks below its 50-day simple moving average. In other words, uh, some more strength for the yen in the near term, right? But uh, I think uh, as we go, as, especially as we get closer to, say, uh, Jackson Hole in uh, end August, mm. if the yields on two-year treasuries uh, can move closer to pre-pandemic levels, and that translates into a widening gap between U.S. and Japanese two-year yields, I think then uh, the uptrend should, uh, for dollar-yen should remain intact. Right, we're still being to Han Tan, Chief Market Analyst at Xfinity here on Money FM 89.3, talking on Forex Fridays, of course, about the busy week that was for uh, global economies and the FX space. Of course, we can't talk about the macroeconomic state of things without talking about the advanced GDP figures from uh, Singapore. And of course, what this might mean for the Singapore dollar. We did see a contraction quarter on quarter during that time, but economists still keep the faith that uh, our economy, at least here uh, south of the causeway, will resume rebounding. Do you think that this will translate into similar strength for the local currency, or do you think that the gains for the Singapore dollar or potential strength might actually still be capped? What are your thoughts, Han? No, I think there is still room for strength for the Singapore dollar against its regional peers, right? Uh, and also for uh, broader Asia as well. Now, of course, for broader Asia, look, we have seen time and time again how a specific country's ability to rein in the spread of the pandemic, uh, you know, that actually uh, translates over into its currency's performance, right? So based on that, uh, that argument, you know, with uh, especially as we're seeing Singapore's higher vaccination rates, uh, more robust economic conditions, uh, again, especially relative to its peers in the region. So there is that case to be made for Singapore dollar outperformance, right? And, and, and we are already seeing that. Right, we are seeing the Singapore dollar gaining against the Malaysian ringgit, the uh, the Thai baht, and even the Philippine peso on a monthly basis as well. Right, um, and if you look further out, if there's a stronger case to be made for potential policy tightening for Singapore come October, uh, you know, then we could see um, that really underscore some outperformance for the Singapore dollar. Uh, but of course, if you're looking at the Singapore dollar versus the greenback, uh, then I think it'll still be more of a U.S. dollar story. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, you know, over the coming months, you got um, some more key Fed meetings coming up, and of course, uh, potentially a, a, a big announcement out of the Fed for uh, during Jackson Hole, right? So, you know, as we get more clarity surrounding the U.S. dollar side of the equation, I think that I could feed into the. 
uh, U.S. dollars you know, for the lacrosse. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought up the Philippine peso a while ago, Han, because that's exactly where I was heading. We've talked about other major currencies in the ASEAN region in recent times. So the peso, we haven't touched on. I want to do that now. Uh, we did see the peso cross above 50 against the greenback in uh, recent days. Um, a lot of it, they, they say, connected to Fitch's decision to downgrade their outlook, at least for for the government's solved credit rating, at least. And uh, this also weighing uh, happening with regard uh, on, on the back of the pesky um, resurgence of COVID-19 cases there. We've seen de- the Delta variant now starting to rear its ugly head uh, out in Manila and across those islands. Um, again, with the peso now above 50 to the dollar, do you think this just means more weakness and erosion for that currency on the other side of the ASEAN? Right. Uh, so for the peso, if you look at the charts, um, where it is right now around the 50 level, I think that's a key level if you're looking at some technical indicators, um, if, uh, specifically the Fibonacci retracements. Um, uh, I apologize if I'm getting a bit too technical here, but that's if fine. you retrace from the October 2018 peak to this past uh, February low, um, you know, right now it's uh, sticking closer to 23.6% uh, Fibonacci level. Right now, um, if you use those levels as a as an indicator, uh, more peso weakness could bring the 51 region into focus, and that was also a key range because uh, that was a range that adhered to from last November to uh, May. Right. So uh, now, if you look at a fundamental perspective, yeah, I think a lot of the, the themes that we spoke about uh, uh, that are affecting ASEAN currencies are very much in play for the uh, Philippine peso as well. Right, um, and it's not just the a big reaction to that downward revision uh, that you mentioned earlier. But of course, uh, again, the ability to contain the spread of COVID, um, uh, the movement control measures that are in place, right? Um, so, you know, uh, and who knows if that Delta variant that was detected today, um, if that actually spread, spreads at the same or similar pace as uh, we are seeing in Indonesia and Malaysia, uh, that could mean another leg down for the peso. Right, and of course, amid all this, you know, uh, we we know that Asian FX is very much susceptible to uh, foreign investor sentiment. So the net selling by foreign funds out of equities um, would be another headwind as well. Right, so I, I think, you know, given what's at stake right now, it's very much contingent on what happens with the stranglehold on the pandemic. Um, you know, that really sets the pace for our outlook for the Philippine peso. Overall, though, I mean, is the COVID-19 pandemic and the resurgence of cases across the ASEAN going to be the big determinant, not just for the Philippine peso, but other currencies in the region, Han? It, uh, the short answer is yes, right? So, uh, again, if you compare the likes of how uh, Singapore is uh, handling the pandemic uh, versus the like of uh, you know, uh, well, Indonesia, Malaysia, right, or even the resurgence that we're seeing further up north in Thailand as well. So you are seeing that uh, play out into the currency's performance. Uh, you know, if you look at the Thai bar, for example, it's still uh, struggling to shake off some of those concerns given its dependency on the return of foreign tourists, right? So, yes, um, if I had to pin it down to one uh, single factor, arguably that is the biggest influencer for ASEAN currencies right now. All right. Han Tan, Chief Market Analyst for Xfinity here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here on Forex Fridays on Monday FM 89.3. Han, as always, I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these times. And we look forward to next time. We're going to have you back on the show. Meanwhile, stay safe up there in Kuala Lumpur and have a good weekend if you can, sir.
Thank you very much, and well wishes to you guys as well. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.